Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by sci-fi fiction fantasy author Ryan Southwick. And I should mention adventure on that as well. <laughs> Yay! Welcome Ryan to the room. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so I want to start right off tonight by uh, discussing how a 3D game developer and former radiation therapist turned those knowledges into the Z-Tech Chronicles. Uh, sure. So um, I you have always loved programming and you know, science fiction. I, I uh, cut my teeth on the Dragonlance Chronicles and um, just really have, have always loved uh, science fiction. And I was a developer for, for about 20 years before I decided, decided to start uh, dabbling in writing. And when I did, I, I was really surprised actually at how much uh, similarity, similarity there was between programming and writing. I, you, it, they're both very creative processes. You're trying to take uh, like complex plots and figure out how they um, how they fit. Uh, you know, with code, you have you have complex code, and uh, there's a there's a process called refactoring. Like if if something changes, uh, you you need to know how to change the different parts of the application without actually breaking anything. And I was shocked when I was going through my first edits, and of course. Like a lot of um, like a lot of authors uh, made quite a few plot mistakes and had to change character personalities, especially you know on your on your first book. The similarities between having to go back through a uh, a novel and you know change certain things to make sure that you haven't broken anything else, uh, while making sure that that you know basically everything works and. Um, just combined with, uh, you know, I've, uh, not just a, a 3D gamer, but I was, a, you know, role player for uh, for many many years, and I always, through through the role the role playing experience, I I really enjoyed running games, and I think the reason why I enjoyed that so much was because I enjoyed the storytelling aspect of it, and when I when I finally did get the courage to to start writing, uh, I I just I instantly just fell in love with it because it was like I was I was just able to to just tell a story um and and it just it just started flowing nice um so when you say role playing are we talking like similar to dungeon and dragons kind of oh yeah yeah dungeons <laughs> okay. and dragons uh, yeah yeah Pal palladium was uh we, we actually we, we played a lot of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a, a, a role-playing game that we, we really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Nice. I, I've never heard of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rolling model. I've heard of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but not the role model <laughs> game. So that is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's old. I'm probably dating myself. <laughs> oh, well, I'm probably right up there with you. So, But let's not talk about that. <laughs> so... Tell me about your desire to create heroic characters that could become plausible vampires making in the Angels in the Mist. Something um, I read that you were most, most trying to do it so that way 
non-vampire no, excuse me, tongue-tied, non-vampire fans would be interested in it. Tell me how you have accomplished that. Uh, in, in a couple of ways. I've, I've always, um, it, it could have been some of the, the books that I read when I was younger. I noticed that there, there was this huge focus when you were reading fantasy or, or heroic, you know, superhero books. Um, sometimes it was all about the, the powers or all about the science fiction or all about the technology. And, you know, they, they kind of skipped over the human aspect, right? It's like, okay, great. They've got these powers and they can do these things, but who are they? You know, what, what do they do when they get home at night? Um, you know, what is their life like? Or more importantly, what is their life? What is their regular life like when they have these abilities or these afflictions or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, what is normal life? like for these people um and so what i what i did with uh, specifically with the z-tech chronicles which was the, the the first series that i wrote um i i did that by starting off slowly uh so you know the 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 series in, in a lot of ways starts out like like any other book series there's a, a protagonist and perrin uh she has some issues of her own she suffers from ptsd she's really just trying to get by day to day and then gradually, as you, you start finding out a little bit more about her life, um, there's a, a few things that happen that kind of change the, the direction of her life. And then suddenly you're, you're on the story and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's, there's kind of a, a, a supernatural or a heroic aspect to this. And, um, and so the, the story and, and the entire series really just kind of warms you into that. And the next book does more of that and more of that and more of that. It's, uh, it's an epic series, but it, it keeps building, but slowly. So, you know, my hope was that, you know, by the time you discover there's something that's, uh, you know, by the time you get to like this, the supernatural or, or the, the science fiction aspect, you're so hooked on the character and their life that it it feels like this natural transition um and so that was that's what i set out to do with the series okay so would you say in angels in the mist you made your audience um relate and feel for the vampires would you say that uh not so much for the vampires but okay. the people who were turned into vampires mm, uh, okay yeah Okay. Because <laughs> they're people in, in right. a lot of ways. They're they're not just monsters. They have backgrounds. They have families. They have uh, struggles, just like everyone else. Okay, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there had to be a, a tremendous amount of emotion. Did you find that draining, in a sense, when you were doing that? You know, I, I can't. Draining isn't the word. In fact, I think that's the reason why I write. I, I'm, I'm most energized when I'm writing about the, the emotional chapters. And uh, there, there are definitely a lot of emotions, uh, both in Angels in the Mist and in, in, uh, in Holton Dome. Uh, and I find that's when the words actually flow the most, when I, I'm engaged. And I think that's also the, the feedback that I get from readers um, you know, when, when they're most engaged as well. Okay. So how do you find yourself portraying in your books the evolution of characters meaning how do you develop the growth of your characters while staying true to your storyline growth of the characters while staying true uh 
so first, I think the first trick is not being too married to the storyline. Okay. Uh, I, I think the best stories are ones that are told relatively organically. So the the way that I the way that I write is I I, I come up with a a general idea, kind of the settings, the characters, uh, or at least how the characters start off, and a series of events that will likely happen throughout the series, and then I start writing it. And uh, oftentimes what I find out is uh, I'll get halfway through and find out that I was wrong. Uh, the, the, the way that I thought the book was going is, is not at all the way the book is actually going, but I, I don't fight it. I, I, I like to see how those characters evolve. And when I'm writing, I'm always trying to do it with all of the different perspectives in mind. And, you know, the, the characters in the story oftentimes goes in a way that, that I never imagined and it often ends up being much better. And what I find is that, it, from my standpoint anyway, it, it comes uh, not only do the characters stay true, because I'm, I'm not bending the characters to match the story, the stories, the, the characters are shaping the story as I write. Okay. Actually, I was just going to say that <laughs> when you were getting there. I was going to say, so pretty much you, you let your characters evolve and kind of sculpt the story a little bit more around them as the character comes more to life on the page, correct? Absolutely. And then, you know, of course, uh, when I mentioned the events, it, you know, so the, there, there can be this, this natural evolution of the characters, but then something happens. And the, the fun part for me as the author is seeing how the characters react to that right. and, and, and how that shapes the story. Okay, so let's discuss uh, realism. Um, when I, mm-hmm. I like to do research, I'm pretty sure you already know that, but, um, <laughs> I like to do research on whoever my guest is. And if I can't find an internet presence, I always have a questionnaire, you know, something to pull from. And then I base questions off of your answers. In your case, it would be your interviews to other, uh, websites and et cetera. So one thing I found interesting, um, was talking about realism. So were you writing fantasy? It comes with a mm-hmm. large amount of creativity, yes? Yes. Okay, so although your work <laughs> seems to balance heavily on realism, tell us how you mm-hmm. find that balance. Because, I mean, you are talking about fantasy, and fantasy, you know, I mean, that can just go to the realm of a lot of options. So tell me how you find your balance. <sighs> Yeah, um, I I always when when there's something fantastical about to happen in in one of my books, or there you know there there are things that either look like powers or look like uh, you know super science or whatever it is, I, I I always try to take a step back and imagine in my head, okay, is there a plausible road to to this place? So meaning if if this this one or two things were true. Um, you know, could this actually happen? And, you know, because there are a lot of things, you know, as, as we move forward, uh, you know, as, as, a, as the human race, we're, we're discovering uh, things all the time that we thought, you know, things we thought were impossible even 20 years ago uh, turn out to be actually, active, you know, to be fact. And so sometimes it, it just takes a, a couple of base tweaks on that say okay well you know here's kind of here's where things are going what if we took that just a step further so still to be on the the realm of the possible what could that turn into 
And then once that's established is making sure that as I'm moving forward that, you know, once I have that, let's call it a semi-realistic base, because, you know, it's science fiction and fantasy, uh-huh. um, is being true to those rules, right? So, so once, once I have that, no matter how much I might, I might want something to happen in the book, because it might be convenient for the plot or convenient for the scene, I, I always take a step back and say, okay, well, you know, real, you know, quote unquote, realistically, uh, you know, if these things were true and all these things that I've established in the book, what realistically could happen or could these characters do and try to be true to myself and to the readers to not stray too far from that. And I think that is really what helps ground um, you know, realism around the fantasy and science fiction. The other thing is also making sure that everything around that is realistic. The characters, you know, even they might have, you know, the, these powers or, the, or this whatever, but they're still human. And are the responses to those powers and to these situations relatable to, uh, you know, to, to an average person? I was actually thinking that in my head, relatable, and then you said the word. I must be. <laughs> I have power. Um, so, <laughs> so let's touch base on your newest creation. It's not quite released yet. Mm-hmm. I am looking at it on um, your website. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, and I hope I pronounce this right, is it Holton Dome? Holton? Holton Dome, exactly. Holton Dome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how this began. And also, I would oh. love to know if it's going to be a series. Yeah, okay. okay. So, Holton Dome began, uh, so even though my current series, this Tech Chronicles, isn't, uh, uh, all of the books haven't been published, the series is finished. Okay. And when, when I got to the to the end of the series, and it's basically just in-line waiting for, for edits and for the publisher. So, uh which, which it was a great accomplishment. And when it got to the end, I'm like, okay, what, what am I going to do next? And I, I had this idea um, really around kind of a, um, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without any spoilers, but I, let's just say I had an idea. And as I was exploring it, uh, you know, about these, these two characters who are kind of uh, made for each other, I guess you could say. And the 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 things that they get into, and the and the the, diff- the differences between them, the, you know, this this enormous gulf that seems almost insurmountable. Uh, but there's just there's something about these two characters that that uh, that draws them to each other. And as I started fleshing it out in my head, it just started to become this uh, this dystopian landscape. And um, and so I decided. Where with um, the Z-Tech Chronicles, I, I really, they were, uh, a lot of the characters were characters that I had been bouncing around in my head for years. Uh, these were brand new characters to me. Uh, the world concept was brand new to me. So Holton Dome takes, takes place 500 years in the future. It's a, a little bit post-apocalypse, but a little bit past post-apocalypse where humanity is, is starting uh, the, the long road to recovery. Uh, the Earth has become hostile to its its native inhabitants, so there are these deadly lightning storms and deadly acid storms that require 
uh, all the what remains of humanity to uh, to seek shelter under under special domes that are designed to to resist what the earth has become and um but it all revolved around these these two characters and so i just uh i didn't have much of a plot in mind which is is uh was sort of a different approach for me when i started writing halton dome and uh, what I found was, as normally happens, I got about halfway through, and then I had to start plotting it. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which, which really helped. But yeah, so, so Holton Dome is a... Uh, it, it is a, I call it a dystopian science fiction because uh, although it's it's uh, it is in kind of this this dystopian time period, there is a a science fiction kind of like super science aspect to it. So okay. uh, it starts off very much like any other uh, dystopian that you would imagine. But uh, again, no spoilers. Uh, things start happening that indicate that there there might be more going on in the world or with some of the characters than uh than than was originally thought and so the the plot really starts going from there but it it centers around a world what what i tried to imagine as i was moving forward so i have um i've spent some some time in armenia uh, a country that used to be part of the soviet bloc and i have learned more than i ever thought i would about what what those sorts of countries went through uh being under communist rule and how how the communists uh or the soviets i should say specifically maintained control over the countries and, uh, that, that were part of the soviet union and the things that happened to them when the soviet union uh collapsed and so uh, the the world that Holton Dome is in, or the Earth, I should say, that Holton Dome is in, um, is kind of like a, a reimagination of that. Like, what would happen if the Soviet Union went, let's call it, to the next level? Uh, you know, what would what would life look like? What would the government look like? How you know, what would the next level of control look like that the government would um, would incur? And so. The, the story takes place with uh, the, the, the protagonist's name is Seg, is a farmer who is, you know, uh, just you know, almost like a, the equivalent of like a serf in the in the Middle Ages. And um, and so it, it's a lot about the, the haves, the have nots and how people in power. It's, it's kind of like a, just an exploration of how people in power could maintain control over the world and you know what is life like for the people who are actually on the ground um yeah okay <laughs> that's a lot so basically um this stems off from the z-tech chronicles am i hearing you right on that no no this is a completely completely different series okay. uh totally different world totally different characters you yeah, just this, had is, a, this is completely you just had a yeah, thought no you just had a thought from that prior correct <laughs> yeah uh and this was this was my my follow-on when i when i finished writing the z-tech chronicles okay. i wanted to move on to something new oh, okay. and so this was this was my chance at, at trying something new different genre different characters and really kind of starting over okay but you said you had an mm -hmm. idea after doing it, so I just misconstrued you. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's my apologies. That's all right. Um, so 
Now, I understand when we signed you up, um, your cover was a little bit different. Um, and you've since changed it, and it's quite appealing. I'm looking at it on your uh, website. So tell me how the cover came about. The, the new cover? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah, so the, the new cover, <laughs> when, when I... Uh, so, so again, you know, my first series, I think I was still trying to figure out uh, the the Z-Tech Chronicles is a mix of, I want to call it a, a mix of, of a couple of different genres, uh, both uh, urban fantasy as well as science fiction. And when I when I first started writing it and I was, uh, or more appropriately when I was trying, when I first tried to publish it, I think I was still kind of learning the, the difference between the genres and, okay, is it more this or more that? And the so with the, the first cover attempt, it was uh, more urban fantasy focused, mm-hmm. trying to look more modern without looking looking really science fiction-y. And, but as we started moving forward and as the series itself evolved and as we started getting feedback from readers, it really seems to fall more on the science fiction side because there's also, you know, in addition to vampires, there's also a lot of tech, you know, big tech focus with, uh, you know, uh, robots and androids and, uh, and, and things like that. So, so we decided to to take a uh, to take the the cover theme in a different approach and okay. make it more more tech and science fiction focused. Um, I think what we ended up with, I, I liken it to. Uh, I, I grew up with Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved that movie when I was a kid, and it, it reminds me a little bit of that, which ah. I, I think really drew me to it. <laughs> right, I've I've seen Tron myself. So the, again, we're dating ourselves. Um, I don't know if oh, you heard are. it, but my buzzer went off. Usually, we do a twenty minute podcast, but. No worries. Okay. I want to ask you one final question, okay? So um, if we go over, it's a little, it's okay. Um, so for my final question of the evening, I would love to know more about your scene card premise that you use in your work. So tell me a little bit about that. My scene card premise? Yes, I read uh, in an interview you... that you did that. Mm-hmm. Scene card premise. Uh, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what that means, so to be honest. <laughs> um, it, you, you might be talking about, uh, I mean, you might just be talking about the, or it might have been referencing just like the story cards. Okay, um, all right. I, yeah, when, when I write, I write with Scrivener. And okay. so I, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to, uh, probably like a lot of writers, I'll, I'll write out the index cards just with a sentence or two. And I, I don't go overboard. I'll write, you know, maybe 10 or something like that to, to very loosely uh, outline the to very very loosely outline the plot, right. and then I'll I'll use those to to build the story as I go. And I love that, especially in Scrivener, because you can just rearrange them any way that you want, take them out, put new ones in. They, it makes it nice and easy. Okay, so this is basically a computer application that you can use, right? Yes, awesome. absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, in in my opinion, pr- probably the best. I evaluated a lot of different. Uh, writing tools out there and and Scrivener absolutely came out the top. I, I'm not sure I could write without it these days. <laughs> uh, highly recommended for anybody who's who's looking to get into it and not very expensive. Well, nice. I, I'd like to thank you so much, Ryan, for being with us tonight. And to my listeners, um, it's your continuing listening, my audience, that makes this our journey on this podcast so enjoyable. Um, so please know that... All, all talent is welcome on our podcast. Currently, we are booked up until November, 
But if you'd like to be on our podcast, please know that you can go to sheshedstudios.net to be among our guests. And once again, I want to thank you so much again, Ryan, for being here. It's been a true pleasure. And <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say thank you, Ari, for having me, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, it was. We'll have to have you on again when the book comes out and you get your foot and going on it because i'd love to know if it's going to be a more into the series of it yes yeah it, it is and i'm sorry yeah you asked that question it is going to be probably a three book series nice mm-hmm. good um so mm-hmm. thank you again once again for for now everyone bye bye and we'll see you next thursday so stay tuned bye bye for now